0: Do you overthink? Do you find yourself repeating the same thing over and over and over again in your mind? Then, whatever you do, make sure to tune into this episode because what I'm going to be covering here today is for those people who think they belong to Overthinkers Anonymous. I made up the term. I don't think there's anything called Overthinkers Anonymous, but these four reasons of why you overthink, and four steps to deal with it, is going to be one of the most powerful ways you can transform your life in case you are an overthinker. Welcome to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. If you are the type of person who is a visionary, who wants more from life, who has high dreams and aspirations, wants to evolve spiritually and impact the world, and in the meantime, have time and energy to do the things that are important to you, then whatever you do, tune into this podcast every week. I'm your host, Padma Ali. I help stressed out overachievers find clarity and awaken to their highest potential using my unique N.E.W., new you blueprint. I combine neuropsychology, energy healing and wisdom to create long lasting changes. And that's what I bring to you in this podcast. I've had a successful career in the field of psychology for over 20 plus years, along with extensive training and experience in ancient healing practices, which I now bring to my coaching work with my clients. And that's what inspired me to do this podcast, to bring this knowledge and wisdom to the world. So I'm incredibly grateful for you to be a part of this journey with me. And I'm so excited to serve you. So welcome. Hey, 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 welcome to Create Your Vibrant Life podcast, episode number 23. Wow, I can't believe it's already 23 episodes in. And this week's episode is all about overthinking. You know, you may or may not have realized that overthinking is much more of a common problem than you think it is. You know, I used to be a classic overthinker in my early days. (laughs) I used to see very many overthinkers in my therapy practice as well. And the current state of affairs, I am noticing a lot more people around me overthinking their heads off. (laughs) And by now, you may have already realized that overthinking and problem solving are not the same, even if your brain wants you to think so. The brain is a very tricky organ, and what I've noticed is that the brain often thinks that if you overthink something, a solution will arise, and it never does, does it? In fact, it makes it worse, doesn't it? So in this episode, I'm going to go a little bit heavier on the brain aspect, as in my opinion, overthinking is a problem of the brain so are you ready (laughs) are you ready to dive in so let's identify what is overthinking and here is the truth right we all overthink from time to time let's be honest like we all do overthink it's part of the decision making process but i'm talking specifically to those of you who just can't get off the train of overthinking Those of you who wake up at odd hours at night with thoughts circling in your head that just won't stop. And when you wake up, you're filled with the same thoughts that then turn into anxiety. And that could be anything from what may have happened or what could happen. The what if thoughts that replay constantly the same incident over and over and over again the worry thoughts, the thoughts about the future that just won't shut off, the thoughts about the past mistakes, the thoughts that will keep replaying as though you're in Groundhog's Day, right? If that's you, I invite you to stay with me because the information I have today for you is not only going to help you figure out how to stop overthinking, but it's also going to blow your socks off, because you may have never realized that overthinking is not you. Yeah, it's not you. It's not you. It comes from your brain. Now, you may have heard me reference to this time and time again in this podcast, the brain and the mind are separate. And that leads me to the first reason of why most people overthink. So in this episode, basically, I'm going to cover four reasons of why people overthink and four ways, four steps to overcome overthinking. So the first reason, it's not you, it's your brain. Now, oh, you may argue with me saying it's your brain is you. Yes, it is. Of course, it's attached to your head. <laughs> you know, It's attached to your body. It's attached to your name. Yes, it is you. But stay with me. I'm being silly here, but, you know, stay with me for a minute. The function of the brain, not your mind. These two are two different aspects. And I'm not going to cover specifically what the mind does and what the brain does. But the brain, the function of the brain is to help you survive. It's that same part of you your brain that even if you haven't driven in a year, you get in a car and you know exactly what to do. You haven't ridden a bicycle in years and you get on a bicycle, you know exactly your legs know what to do. Your body knows how to balance and you just get on the bike and you go on. It's that same aspect that allows you to brush your teeth every morning and you're not sitting there or standing there in front of your mirror wondering what the heck is this thing that has some bristles, just imagine like if you didn't know what a brush was, or if you've never seen a brush in your life before, and you never knew what it was, that is the function of your brain. It reminds you to do the same things over and over and over again. It's focused on survival. It focused on helping you stay alive. So you don't have to know what to do. It's the same thing in you that, you know, like you get in the car and you drive and suddenly you are at your work and you didn't even know how you got there because your brain's so programmed to just do that so here's the thing right when your brain perceives as anything that's a threat to your survival whether it's real or perceived it's going to do whatever it takes to make you live i know that sounds so dramatic, doesn't it? (laughs) Live and survival. But let me explain. Now, let's say there's a woman, Jane. Okay, she's married, she has kids, she has lives a pretty good life. Now, let's assume that her partner is pretty opinionated, which often sounds like criticism to Jane. And Jane is often affected by criticism because of her upbringing. It really, it doesn't sit well with her. Now, Jane wants to buy something for herself and she knows her hubby's reaction. Her brain may most likely perceive that to be a threat, even though logically there is no real threat. It's just words, right? But it's no real threat. But her brain most likely will perceive that to be a threat. And the brain cannot differentiate between a real threat to the survival of someone And something that feels like it's going to affect survival. And Jane is probably one of those people who will classically overthink because of this. Now, where am I going with all this? The brain job is to help you survive. So whether it's perceived threat, whether it's physical danger or it's emotional danger or whatever that feels like survival threat, it's going to make you overthink. And I'm just going to mention this just so that you have a sense of what is the differentiation between the mind and the brain. The mind is the bigger state of consciousness. It's the universal mind, the divine mind, the larger consciousness. That is what you tap into when you're meditating, when you're in a mindful moment, when you are not in a state of anxiety or fear, or like when you're in that the more calm state. That's the mind, that's the larger mind that you tap into. But brain literally is an entity of its own. Overthinking is its way of keeping you safe. If you're prone to anxiety, the brain might perceive overthinking as a way to solve that problem. So in the case of Jane, she's probably overthinking, making sure that, oh, I want this. No, my husband's gonna get angry. He's gonna say something, blah, 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 blah. And then she's gonna classically overthink. Can you see the connection? Right? Can you see that it's the brain knows how to keep you safe by going over that issue over and over again in the hopes that a solution might arise? Whenever there's a trigger in the environment, it literally cues the neurons to fire the overthinking circuit because that's what you've programmed your mind, your brain to do, not your mind, your brain to do. And when you can start to differentiate the brain from the mind, it literally eases the system because there's not an identification with like, oh my God, I'm overthinking again or I can't, that whole cycle. Think about a time when you have overthought something, like you you keep repeating that thing in your mind over and over and over and over and over again, like you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. How does that feel? Feels horrible, doesn't it? And so when you can start to get this concept, like, okay, it's not me, this is my brain doing this thing of overthinking, it will allow you to just literally take a step back and breathe and give you that little bit space. And we need that space because it then will help you see what are these beliefs that are causing you to overthink in the first place. Consider that. Have you ever considered that whatever causes you to overthink is just a belief? An unconscious belief, maybe, or a conscious one, I don't know. But that's one of the main reasons we overthink. There's something holding that overthinking in place. It's That brings me to the next next reason of why we overthink, which is habit. Have you noticed... This is the second reason. Have you noticed that when you think about a situation that bothers you, the more you think about it, the more upset you get. The more you think about it, the more you think about it, and the more you think about it, and the more you think about it. It's almost like once you open that tap, it doesn't stop, does it? And very soon you're stuck in a loop. And that, my friends, is a habit. This is the second reason. The habit is, again, the function of the brain. It's so needed, right? Like we need the habits. Like I said, the toothbrush analogy. Like if you're getting up every morning, wasting 10 minutes of your day trying to figure out what this instrument is, it's just a waste of time. Habit is so needed. This is why if you look at your life, you be like, I wake up at this time, I get up, I do these A, B, C, D steps every morning without even thinking. Like you may wanna brush your teeth first and go to the bathroom, go drink water. Like you have these rituals that you do which are completely habit-based and most of these habits are unconscious. And that is also the detriment of habit. This reminds me of something a client told me That something happened in her life 14, 15 years ago when someone close to her lied to her. And every time she had to interact with this person, that incident almost played like a button was pressed. That's habit. Every time she would see that person or talk to that person, that incident of when she was lied to would play in her mind. And that connects it with the first thing, which is survival, right? Like it's trying to protect you. That's habit. And then this, it's like an, and then she would think about it and think about it and feel bad and think about it and feel bad and think about it. It like almost got her stuck in that loop. And that's the power of emotions and feelings. It reinforces that habit. Emotions are so addictive behind every thought there's an emotion and so when you think something and there's an emotional component to that it reinforces the thought and the thoughts are nothing but overthinking right like when you keep thinking about the same thing over and over again the emotions are literally like a fuel for the car it drives the thinking now here's the piece. The brain is not insane. <laughs> it doesn't want to just torture you by replaying something over and over and over again that has upset you. It's not that's not why it's doing that. Now that brings me to the third reason why most people overthink, which is there is some need that hasn't been met. Which is why those same thoughts get played over and over again. What is that need? That's the third reason why most people overthink. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to go down my memory lane. Like I said before, I could have labeled myself as an overthinker's anonymous, or I could have enrolled myself in overthinker's anonymous when I was young because I was plagued with anxiety. I've shared that pretty often in this um, in these podcasts. Anxiety used to be my thing, and anxiety is nothing but thoughts playing over and over and over again, aren't they? So this is, a, this is an interesting example. I was in my 20s. It was a long, long time ago. We were visiting a friend. I had my baby nephew with me. He was pretty, he was a newborn. He's now 20, so you can see how long ago this was. And that friend that we were visiting had a toddler. We we're all chatting and we we're all just hanging out, just having a good time. The toddler grabbed my newborn nephew you know, like toddlers do. That toddler was just being a toddler. And instinctively, my protective mechanisms took over. I rushed and I pushed the toddler away and she fell. She didn't hurt herself, but, you know, she fell. And all this happened in a split second. Okay. Her mom came in, her mom came to her, her mom, who was my friend, got a little bit upset. Of course, like, you know, mommy instinct, like I was having mommy instincts towards my nephew. And my friend who was this toddler's mom was also having her mommy instinct. Oh, and she had a reaction, all normal, all fine. But here's the thing. Here's, this is how I'm connecting the story back to the third reason. The third reason, here's what happened. Okay. And When this whole thing happened, everything was fine. The evening ended. We went home. But here's where it started. I thought about that situation over and over and over again. Oh, boy, did I rethink that situation. Do you know why? Can you guess? And this is where the third reason comes in. There was a need. There was something that didn't feel complete. And oftentimes, it's a need. Behind every anguished emotion, there's often a need that hasn't been met. You may have already seen that in your own life. Think about it. Think about anger, frustration, anxiety. And in this case, for me specifically, there was a need of wanting to be liked I was worried. The reason I was rethinking that over and over again and driving myself insane and feeling so anxious was because I was worried that my friend wouldn't like me. It was so deep rooted. I didn't even know like that was what was driving it. There was a deep rooted need of wanting to be loved, liked, accepted, whatever, right? Like those, those primal needs, But at that time, my brain was replaying it over and over again, because I could find a solution of either correcting the situation or finding a solution for somehow not feeling the way I was feeling. At least that's what the brain thinks it's doing, right? The answer, you won't find any of those things by overthinking but the brain doesn't know that. It played it over and over and over again for that reason. And all was fine. I talked to my friend later on, we figured it all out, but whatever, right? Like the bottom line is this story stuck in my head for so long because of that one thing. And nobody, it was like nothing, but this is how the brain plays a role in overthinking. So start to notice what is the need that isn't met? when you're overthinking something over and over again. The fourth reason why most people overthink, this is a really good one, guys, so good, so good. And many of you may or may not relate to this, but I think this is a really good one. It is to not make a mistake. How many of you fall into the trap of making a right or wrong decision? that fear of being trapped, right? When you make a wrong decision, you're gonna be trapped. This is a huge one for so many people making the right decision. That's why so many people overthink, don't they? And have you noticed that you often go back and forth when, when you're trying to make the right decision? And many overthinkers get stuck here because they feel that if they make the wrong decision, something bad will happen. Can you relate to that? And by now, you may or may not have already realized that there is no such thing as right and wrong, is there? (laughs) It's all about course correction. We make a choice. It doesn't work out. We find another choice. But many overthinkers, can't relate to that. Many overthinkers will argue that there is right and wrong. There is a right choice and a wrong choice. But let me ask you this, if you are in that camp, again, nothing wrong with that, but let me ask you this. Do you think that people like Ariana Huffington or Elon Musk or Indira Nui, who probably have to make gazillion decisions in a day, do you think that they get stuck in making the right or wrong decision or they get stuck with overthinking something. Do you think that they do that? And most people overthink a decision because they don't want to fail. But have you considered that the code fail faster, succeed sooner? How about that for a perspective, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's all about what we think it is. So the four steps, four reasons why most people overthink are, just to recap, it's not you, it's your brain. Just remember that. And the second one is habit. The reason you overthink is because of habit. The third reason is there's a need that hasn't been met. And the fourth reason is so that you don't make a mistake. Now that you know that these four reasons contribute to overthinking, what are you willing to do? This is your first transformational takeaway from this particular episode. What are you willing to commit to, knowing that these are the four reasons why you overthink? I'm going to share with you four steps on overcoming overthinking. Now these four steps are, they're not in sequential order, and you can pick in one or pick all of them to do it together, but they really work. So the first step to overcome overthinking, this is a simple one, and I've seen this work over and over again with so many of my clients and with myself, and that is movement, exercise. You know, NCBI has research that has demonstrated that exercise improves mental health. And you already may have realized the consequences of overthinking, like anxiety, depression, frustration, which often leads to health issues, doesn't it? And exercise movement clears the mind, clears the brain. It literally like washes away all those thoughts It's chemical. It's a chemical reaction of the brain when you exercise or when you when you do some kind of movement. And here is the beauty. Neuropsychology, which is one of my core pillars of my work with my clients, basically it's like, you know, how thoughts and beliefs and all that. When you exercise or when there's movement involved, it breaks those neural pathways. It breaks those overthinking neurons get broken up when you move when you have when you exercise because it breaks those neural pathways and what i've seen again time and time again is when i'm feeling stuck or i'm not able to break through something a problem i exercise i take a break from whatever i'm doing i exercise or go for a walk or do some yoga something to just stop and it stops that spiral you know another way to kind of realize that this is how it works is if you have young children, you may or may not have noticed that when they are throwing a tantrum and you just say, oh, you just pick them up and you take them outside or do something else with them, distract them or just get them out of that space. It's almost like the tantrum just stops mid-sentence. That's what happens. It breaks that habit. It breaks that neural pathway from firing. It's the same reason that would help with overthinking as well. Because what's happening when you move or when you exercise, when I'm calling movement, you know, because some people like exercising, some people like going for walks, like whatever, like you're just basically moving. When you do that, it also moves your attention from where you're at, whatever is causing you to have that anguish to something else. And that is vital in breaking those patterns, isn't it? All right, so the next step that would help in eliminating overthinking is to get to the bottom of it, to really understand. See, when you're overthinking, right, like or your thoughts are firing away, it's jumbled. It's like everything is like it's like a wire that is all completely intertwined and you don't know where's the beginning and where's the end. It's just like completely all mangled up. And that's exactly what happens with thoughts. It's completely mangled up when you're overthinking. So when you start to get to the bottom of it and how you get to the bottom of it is by writing. I love writing for that reason, because when you start writing, it allows you to unpackage those thoughts and really see what exactly is bothering you, what specifically is upsetting you right now. And that free flow of consciousness of writing, it lets everything out on paper so you're not holding all those thoughts in your mind, and it also gives you clarity about what specifically you need solution for. And that is amazing because once you have that, then you may be able to do something productive about it than overthinking it. Am I right? So that's the second step. The third step, this is one of my favorites. It's radical compassion and acceptance of wherever you are. What if you were able to bring in mindfulness to this whole thing? If something is really bothering you and you can't stop thinking, you've tried everything else, what if you just allowed space to say, all right, I'm feeling this way right now. I can't do anything about it. I don't know what to do. I just don't even know how to stop this train. When you can bring in that level of love and compassion for your own journey, without wanting you to be somewhere else, it's really amazing to see the shift. There's a balance of taking action and being. I'm all about taking actions. It's one of my ways of creating change and with my clients and with myself too. But he, this, this piece, when you slow it down, when you can just allow yourself to be wherever you're at, that piece, that piece is so vital in creating change. You know why? Because it helps you access wisdom, inner wisdom and universal wisdom, which then gives you clarity on what specific actions to take. But that cannot come if you are beating yourself up saying, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this over and over again. When you start beating yourself up, it is detrimental to the process. So instead, hold space, radical compassion and acceptance. And that allows you the space to surrender. It's about also saying, I'm letting this go. I'm not holding on to this anymore. It's a skill that will require practice. We're so programmed to be doers in this society. But the more faster you realize that being will get you to where you want to go faster than doing, it's going to be an easier journey for you. All right, that brings me to the fourth and final step, which is about releasing. See, when we are stuck in a thought that replays it over and over and over again, whatever that is, whether it's a hurt situation or something that you haven't found a solution for as yet, or something that is worrying you, that's usually what we overthink about, don't we? This fourth step is all about doing rituals to just release it. One of my favorite things to do is writing it down and then just tearing it into pieces or even in a safe place, burning it because there's something very powerful about saying, okay, here is my problem. Here's the issue I'm struggling with and I can't get it out of my mind. Here it is, I'm surrendering this. And surrendering that can mean burning it up or another thing that I love to do is stand in water and just imagine all these thinking and beliefs and anything that's no longer serving me just washing away from the bottom of my feet, just flowing into the water. It's really, really powerful. If you want to stop overthinking, if you want to stop feeling anxious and, and constantly driving yourself to the ground by overthinking, then do these four steps. And share with me, share with me on social media, share with me, especially on Instagram stories and tag me. Share with me your experience and what this was like to do that. Because I know it's very powerful. And when you can create a habit about doing these things, it will stop you from overthinking. It will stop you from driving yourself to the ground. And if you found this podcast to be useful and helpful for you, Please subscribe and invite your friends to do that. And if you're the kind of person who wants to help others, please share this with your friends and invite them to listen to this as well and write a review. I would love that. I'm so appreciative of everyone who has written a review. I've had some really, really lovely reviews. I'm so grateful for all of you listeners. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a part of this tribe And I will connect with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Make sure to tag me on Instagram at Padma Ali to share your takeaways from this episode. And lastly, share with your friends and family so they can also benefit from listening to this podcast. For more tips, go on to our website, PadmaAli.com and connect with me at the next episode. Take care. Bye.